Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are. Welcome back to the Smart Money Podcast. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about why I think that day trading is a little bit overrated and, and how it's so easy to lose money about that. Um, I kind of trashed on it in the last podcast, but today I kind of wanted to read a story that I found that really sums up a lot of people's experience with Robinhood, with all these all these different trading apps, day trading, and, and how basically in the end you can lose your money. So this story is anonymous, but I will include the link in the description. It's, it's featured on Vice right now, but it's kind of about a man who kind of wanted to take his mind off work and ended up losing a lot of the money that he had. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the story. I was 26 and stupid. I had arrived in the U.S. when I turned 18, and I didn't have money and worked very shitty jobs to get myself through college. I didn't go to a nice school, and I've never worked in sales ever since I graduated. My first job paid me $40,000 a year, the next one $50,000. And so basically, I only started getting money like three and a half years ago when I finally got a good job. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really great. I had no other passions other than really just earning money and stacking it up. So I just worked and saved up quite a bit. That's all I did for three years. And I just need something else to take my mind off work. Because if I kept working like that, I would go crazy. And investing seemed like a thrilling, fun, adrenaline rush journey. And it was kind of like gambling. Now I'm super conservative and I don't spend much my monthly expenses are around $2,500 a month. I pay $900 in rent. And the three purchases that I've made in the last year that were the largest in my bank records was in 2014, which was around $1,500 on a laptop. My car in 2017, which was around $2,700. And then again, $2,800 recently for a new iPhone. Um, no clue what iPhone costs that much. Anyway, um, I bought myself a new iPhone, which I've never done before, for $1,300. This story seems to have a little bit of discrepancy, but we keep going. I usually use my mom's old phones when she gets a new one. It'll come off as stupid, but I consider myself conservative from an investing perspective. I had $300,000 in a high-yield savings account and I made like $1,000 a year on it, which was ridiculous, but I had been following the market pretty consistently. My job involves a lot of researching companies and trying to understand business and economic models. I like to read a lot, and there's a lot of books on investing. I put chump change, like three grand into crypto, when I only had five grand to begin with in 2017, and I lost all of it. But I was seeing everybody making money hand over fist, and I was not about to miss that opportunity. I work in tech, and a lot of my colleagues were worth around $10 million. But the big tipping point was GameStop. It was ridiculous, and I got greedy and had fear of missing out. It didn't start with Alibaba. It started with a $5,000 bet on AMC. Then the $5,000 became $15,000 when I bet on something else similar, 
Then it became 50,000 when I bet on silver. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Now I want to buy a safe bet. And the safe bet was Alibaba. It had fallen from 330 to $245 per share. But I had wanted to find a company where the price earnings ratio was low. And every single analyst had a buy ratings with like a 40 to 50% upside on it. Looking at all of tip ranks, my understanding was that this was a very, very safe bet with a limited amount of risk. Then I just went all on in on one single stock option, the $200 strike price call on Alibaba. I would describe a call option as a leveraged bet on an underlying stock, which helps you to increase the upside or downside of the bet that you're trying to make. I initially invested $300,000 in February. Basically, every single liquid asset in my account, not retirement, but everything cash. I didn't have anything left. My thesis was I might not make a lot of money, but I won't lose much. The downside seemed limited in that if worse comes to worse, it would go down to like $280,000. The price started to continuously drop almost from the get-go. I was watching it night and day and it took a mental toll. The issue with Alibaba is its dual listed stock. It's trades in Hong Kong and in the US. So all day you're watching pre-market and opening in Hong Kong and then again in the US. Monday through Friday, you're constantly watching. My mom told me on April 13th, get out today. And it might've been ego. It might've been just stupidity, ignoring the facts, but my conviction was high. If you listen to smart people, in quotations, they all said it would go up. So I was like, hey, this is gonna rebound. And as my salary came in, I saved another $100,000. So on July 1st, I put in another 100,000. I basically transferred all of the liquid cash that I had and maxed out on my account. If my company had not paid me at the end of July, I wouldn't have made my rent payment on August 1st. My mom told me not to do it, and I still did it. When I invested the other $100,000, she told me, sell tomorrow, sell tomorrow, sell tomorrow. And I didn't listen. It was stupid, an extreme level of greed and risk-taking. The next 10 days after that, it dropped by another 30%. It was fully out of the money by then. The whole $400,000 turned to almost zero. It was at that time that I knew I had that. It was at that time that I knew I had that there's no coming back from this. I was literally begging for it to come back so I could even get $300,000 out. Just praying, you know, like once you go from desperation to literal praying. And I'm not even religious. But... The truth was, I was still somewhat optimistic. I still had 75000 and I was hoping that Alibaba would make a recovery, which of course it did not. My next thing was, okay, how do I earn all of this money back? But it fell from 75000 to 50000 and 
I was pretty depressed for like two months. I knew I messed up and felt stupid. I was so unhappy that my parents didn't want me to make me feel worse. Sure, my mom told me a couple of times, but she was also supportive because she knew I was already beating myself up. I should have listened to her. She told me to diversify a little. Don't go all in on one. But I felt like because she told me not to, I actually had to. I sold, shut down my Robinhood account in October, right before my birthday. I decided I don't want to have this hanging over my head. The day I sold it, I said, you know what? I fucked up. It was a mistake, but clean slate. Dust yourself off and move on. I felt better when I sold. Much better, actually. One of the things that actually helped me was I met this random person, and he told me a story that changed my perspective a little. This guy, he's in his 50s or something, and it took him a long time to save up $150,000. He put it in the market, and he lost around $110,000 out of the $150,000. What he told me touched my heart. He said that all he really cared about now was having enough money to send his two little girls to college. And I said, what am I really crying about? I have a roof over my head. I have food on the table. And it changed my perspective. I don't believe in passive index investing, you know, where Warren Buffett had made a multi-million dollar bet that the index will outperform a bunch of hedge funds over a decade-long period. My truthful belief is I don't necessarily believe passive investing to be the answer. But I also don't think this manacle, because a lot of retail traders are simply not educated, and trading stocks is not within the circle of their competence. I feel like the younger folks are really, really stupid, especially folks who have money now. There's a lot of folks who are older like me who think they just know the stock market and the right way to manage risk, exposures, and diversify. But a lot of them do not. They're just overconfident idiots. When you want to do videos on YouTube about credit spreads or any of these options or derivative-centric strategies, which have inherent risk, most of the people have this inclination to believe that they're smarter than the rest. The truth is that they're not. I was stupid. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I just felt so confident in my bet. At the end of the day, I was stupid enough not to diversify, but I don't think Robinhood is a net positive for society. The way it's designed, you get this dopamine hit when you make money, and you see it go up or down in the green and the red. Anyway, it's addictive. If their model is payment for order flow, there's no question that they just want you to trade, no matter if you win or lose money. Now, a little editor note here, Robinhood Markets gets about 80% of its revenue from payment order flow. So when you buy or sell a trade, they're making 80% of its revenue off of this. Back to the story here, making Facebook addictive is one thing, but making people's financial livelihood addictive is a whole nother level of evil. And Robinhood has gamified their application. It hurt me quite a bit. I've been fortunate and lucky that I'm still young, but if somebody who's working a minimum wage job 
gets addicted to stuff like this, it's financial ruin, and that's not what I want. Alibaba today is trading around $125, which is almost half of where it was at the beginning when I bought it. In retrospect, it's extremely obvious that it was a stupid decision from a risk management perspective and from a basic investment fundamentals perspective. A combination of ego, greed, overconfidence, and FOMO, fear of missing out. Still, if I could do it again, I wouldn't have put the other $100,000 in, but I would have still made the initial $300,000 bet, even if I would have lost it all. Had I not gotten this lesson, had I not lost the $300,000 now, I would have thought, hey, this is something within my circle of competence, which I absolutely know now it is not. What if I had waited another three years? It's been $2 million instead of 300000 When I lost the money, the things that I would regretted were actually not losing the money. I realized I just had no other passions at all. For three years now, all I've done is work. I can't think of one weekend when I was just having fun. How stupid is that? In response to the retail trader's story, Robinhood spokesperson repudiated the idea that it had gamify stock trading, issuing the following statement. As a self-directed brokerage, we've invested heavily in stability, educational materials, and customer support so that when we meet our customers, whether they're in our investing journey, over the past year, we've made a number of improvements to our options platform, including more rigorous eligibility requirements for customers who want to trade options. We're constantly working to provide an educational options experience so people can make informed investing decisions. Our options platform is designed to make investing intuitive, approachable, and more accessible. And it's not important to conflate this with gamification. The spokesperson additionally said the company's design and business model are industry standard and that Robinhood continues to define our options approval process. It has recently implemented more rigorous criteria for customers' eligibility, which includes some revised financial and experimental requirements. The spokesperson also added, in addition, the onboarding experience now walks customers through the foundations of an options spread before upgrading to level two, and finally to level three for options trading. The spokesperson said, Robinhood also monitors customers' eligibility to trade options on an ongoing basis. Now, that was quite the long story here, and I, I applaud you if, you're still, if you are still listening to the podcast, but kind of to sum this up, we can take away three main points from this story. Number one, diversify, diversify, diversify. Do not put all of your money into one stock, one option, one account. Doesn't matter. Do not put all of your money into one place. Myself, having had a similar experience on the stock market, not quite as much money, but same retrospect, I highly recommend to diversify. I have money in multiple REIT accounts through different companies, multiple savings, multiple Roth IRA, or I apologize, one Roth IRA account, but you get the point. My money is growing 
in multiple areas. And if one of these areas may collapse, I'm not losing everything like this one gentleman has lost as well. The second thing we can take away from this is know what you're doing. It seems that himself, as well as a lot of other people who, not only on this platform, but within different stock or cryptocurrency platforms, buy what the people want them to buy. They see a cool stock on, on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, whatever it is. They see a cool stock that people are talking about, go ahead and buy into it, and then end up losing all that money on that stock. Do your own research. Know what you're buying. Understand what you're getting yourself into. Step number three, don't make investing your life. Sure, you're going to gain money and lose money, but if you focus on the small area of investing, you're not going to have an enjoyable life. And at the end of the day, the reason you're investing is to provide yourself an enjoyable life in the future. Now, even looking at the S&P 500, it has grown amazing growth in the last couple of years. Unfortunately, now because of the recession, it is going down, but if we focus on the areas where it's gone down, we won't look at the full picture and see that it's ultimately grown. Do not make your life miserable by watching your trades. I highly suggest passive, passive, passive investments. One of my personal favorites right now for somebody getting into investing is Fundrise. Fundrise is a large-scale REIT investment fund where people are able to put their own money starting at $10 into this account. And basically it sends it to this Fundrise company, which buys real estate that they rent out to real people and they get returns back from their rent. Now, being a REIT company, they're not allowed to keep 90%. They're only legally re required to keep 10% or less. Everything else goes straight back to the people who have paid their money into this platform. And that's why I think it's very important to have an accountant Robinhood. Um, over the past couple of years, it's actually outgrown the S&P 500 in most major stocks last year, giving people a return of 21%, which is absolutely amazing. Um, if you would like to join, I've got a link in the description of this podcast that if you use, you will get $50 to kind of start, which is an amazing deal. I mean, all you got to do, put $10 in, you get 50, you're already at $60. Doesn't matter if you pull it out, doesn't matter if you leave it in, but it's a great way to start your investing link in the description for that. Personally, having a little bit of money in Fundrise, I'm more into private REITs right now, which are a little bit more difficult to get into. Um, but having this real estate investment trust is, is very important to me. And personally, I feel like everyone should have at least 30% of their portfolio into real estate. I don't care if you're into stocks. I don't care if you're starting businesses. But real estate, probably one of the best investments, in my opinion, um, it's really hard for something like that to lose value because it's a physical, tangible asset. Anyway, we got a little bit sidetracked there, but those are my three takeaways from the story and kind of, kind of talking about diversification of, of portfolio. Always be smart with your money. And um, 
make sure you check out my other podcasts and you guys have a good day.